0: Hi there. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright, and this is the podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. And today I'm joined by Brendan DeWan, who is a second year focus missionary at Ball State University in Indiana. He graduated in 2021 from Grand Valley State University in Michigan, and he recently visited England in a pilgrimage in which he visited the most important sites of the history of the Anglican persecution of Catholics during the 16th century. So as you know, Henry VIII decided to break away from the Catholic Church in 1527 when he saw that the Catholic Church would not approve the annulment of his marriage to Catherine of Aragon, and therefore he would not be able to marry Anne Boleyn. So after that, he became the head of the Anglican Church, and there was a process of gradual separation and establishment of the Church of England or the Anglican Church with the King of England as its supreme head, which, of course, is not what Jesus Christ intended, right? So after that, there was a process of separation and establishment of the Church of England or the Anglican Church with the King of England as its supreme head. And there began a persecution of Catholics, like persecution of St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, who was chancellor of the Kingdom of England, and in particular, Catholic bishops and Catholic priests, among them, St. Edmund Campion. So, Brendan, how are you doing and how, how was your trip? Yeah, Father Patrick, thanks so much for having
1: me on. I do love the podcast. It's it's good to be here and to be with you. Um, the trip was awesome. It was a long flight there and even a longer flight back because you're flying against the jet stream, but okay, about eight hours there, ten hours back. And how long was this trip? Uh, it was about nine days, so travel on both ends so we were in England for about eight days total
0: pretty cool yeah and, and what did you visit overall like do you may have a quick review of the trip
1: yeah so uh the first three days we were in London and we went to the Tower of London we went to Westminster Abbey Westminster Cathedral sprinkled in some of the more Catholic things but also the Anglican things um Tyburn Tree there's a convent at Tyburn dedicated to that's the place where we'll get into that but that's the place where people were hung drawn and quartered Mm. and um yeah that was a really powerful terrible yeah horrible but um and then we went to oxford for four days four or five days and there it it was really interesting because you very different but that's that's where they studied and where a lot of the martyrs um went to school so a very formative place with so much history and um particularly saint john henry newman just the amount of effort that he put into Changed the Anglican church, but then realizing that he was Catholic mm-hmm. and and his ideas were Catholic and then leaving to become Catholic. Just well, even the buildings where J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis both taught. And, wow pretty cool. Yeah. All they and, and all their writings. So just a lot of really, really neat places, but um, just so much history around the Catholic church in, in England.
0: We're going to, before we go into the details, what did you like most or what was most moving, would you say? I think... Two answers. The most moving was Tyburn
1: Tree. And it's just little tiny little island in the middle of an intersection that if you didn't know it was there, you would just think, oh, there's just three trees there with a little tiny plaque. But you go there and it's the exact place where they would put up the three posts where they would hang you. And then before you were dead, they would cut you down, draw your insides out, mm. cut you out. And then, uh, yeah, quarter you by, by horse. And so- wow. Yeah, just a lot of terrible, terrible things that happened in this particular place. But that's where like St. Saint, um, Saint Campion was killed. And so being there was powerful. And I think the coolest place, the one that I, I really enjoyed was we went to this place called Harvington Hall. And that's where um, they would hide priests because it, was, it wasn't was illegal to be Catholic, but it was illegal to be a Catholic priest. Mm. and And so they would have all these amazing cutouts in the walls and under the floors and the stairs and in the chimneys just trying to find a place for a priest to stay for a night or two and that was awesome that was really inspiring just to see that
0: wow that's wonderful and it's incredible the great sacrifices that these people went through right to be faithful to the catholic church and Precisely, that's why, that's why I thought this uh, podcast episode would be useful, because we're in the process of looking at the sacraments in the church, right? And uh, precisely, these saints died, first of all, because they, were, they wanted to be faithful to the Catholic Church, the church founded by Jesus Christ, because it would, would have been much easier for them to say, uh, to pledge allegiance, let's say, to the king and to the Anglican Church, but also because they saw that the sacraments were important. So the Eucharist as the real presence of Jesus Christ, the Eucharist as the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, and the priesthood as a necessary means to have the Eucharist, and then the, sacrama- the sacrament and the sanctity of marriage, right? And that's why St. Thomas More would not condone, let's say, the divorce of Henry the Eighth, because he wanted to, let's say, Almost ridicule the sacrament of marriage as if it were not indissoluble, right? So we can handle it at pleasure. No, and we can't. We can't do that. The marriage is between a man and a woman for life, and only God, you know, is the one who joins it and separates it. You know, only God can join what He has gathered together. Anyway, so why don't we look at uh, Saint? First of all, Saint Thomas More. That's one of the first ones you you visited uh, the places where he where he was. He, St Thomas More was born in London. This is a brief review of his life for those who are listening, and he died in 1535. He became a lawyer, and later King Henry VIII named him Lord Chancellor of England. However, things began to get better between bitter, not better, bitter between him and uh, Henry VIII because uh, Henry VIII declared himself as head of the Church of England and married Anne Boleyn. So St. Thomas More resigned his post and would not approve of the, marriage of, uh, of the marriage between him and Anne Boleyn nor of the act of supremacy by which Henry had declared himself head of the Church of England. And for this reason, because he remained firm in his belief and his uh, statement of faith, St. Thomas More was arrested, eventually tried, and condemned to death as traitor to the Kingdom of England. And he was decapitated in London, in 1535. So why don't you tell us a little bit of what you saw that was connected to St. Thomas More? Yeah, so um, we got to,
1: well, one, Oxford, where he studied, but uh, going back to London, because we were in London first, um, we saw the Tower of London. And in, in most people's, uh, like, in their headspace, that's a place where a lot of people were tortured and, and a lot of death happened. But actually, there was only, like, 37 or 38 or 40 uh, people that were actually tortured there and it wasn't this like massive you know place uh for torture but um saint thomas more was he was loved by king henry the eighth and um that's why he was beheaded because king henry the eighth didn't want um his friend really to to suffer
0: such a great death he wanted it to be quick right but, because otherwise he would have been hanged drawn and quartered. Correct. and what i read is that He was, uh, let's say, condemned to die that way. But then it was uh, reported that by his friend, because of his friendship to the king, the king, the king allowed him to just be decapitated. Yeah, which is an irony, anyway. But you know,
1: yeah, he was called the king's good servant, but God's first, Mm -hmm. which is just a powerful statement that the kingdom of God is. More prominent than the king of England, of the kingdom of England. So, but yeah, we got to go to the Tower of London and just to see like the different racks and the different torture devices. One where was this little tiny space where they would shove you in? It's like a four by four kind of little four foot by four foot area, mm. and you're just so uncomfortable that you can't sleep, you can't get up, you can't stand, and your spine just becomes so unaligned. And I think seeing all of the different kind of torture. Um, tools and and ways that they would go about that was really really shocking, but at the same time made it very real. Of this isn't just a story. Like this is the stuff that they used, and this is the building, and this is the moat that you have to cross to get to the tower. And um, yeah, it was really 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 powerful to be there because they they have they have the body there. Like that's where Saint Th- Saint Thomas More is 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 wow. in the Tower of London in their uh, in a private kind of room, but we didn't get to go in there. Um, You have to probably know somebody to get him to go there, but um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he spent several uh, months there, right? Because at the beginning they were trying to convince him to, uh, let's say, defend the attitude of the king, and he would not oppose it, but he did not condone it, right? Mm -hmm. So he remained silent. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that sometimes we can learn from St. Thomas More. As a good lawyer, he he knew how to be prudent, he knew how to try to preserve his life and not just r- run into the hands of martyrdom, so to speak, because he didn't feel himself strong but at the same time to defend the truth and defend the Catholic Church. so he stayed firm in his position, but he would not say it publicly to avoid let's say being easily condemned. but then, when he was already when they decided to condemn it anyway, he declared clearly that he Opposed the marriage of the king to Anne Boleyn and his attitude of supremacy of the Church of England. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never publicly or outwardly acknowledged Henry VIII as the as the leader of the English, like the Anglican Church. Like he never acknowledged that, and I think that was that was the crime, and he was fined for that, and that's why he was put into prison. But um, most prominently about that was his. Passiveness of I'm not going to run into martyrdom. I'm not going to seek out because I'm Saint Thomas More or I'm Thomas More and I am one of the smartest people, if not the smartest person in England. I'm not going to confront Henry VIII on my own. I'm just gonna I'm going to resign. I'm going to live a life of seclusion. And if it comes to me, I will not reject the the suffering that will come because to be in the Tower of London was it was hard. Like you
0: right. didn't you weren't fed and um, it was not comfortable and it was no. very humid, very. And Yeah. Uncomfortable, mm-hmm. basically. And what did you see about St. John Fisher? He was a bishop and he also died a martyr. He was persecuted for the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that was tied in with the
1: Tower of London as well. We saw um, we saw his... They they had a monument towards him, but Thomas More is definitely the more well-known, but with John Fisher just being um, the said, you know, tutor to Henry VIII when he was growing up, but um, also preached at uh, Henry VII's funeral. Um, we, we, we saw some things about John Fisher, St. John Fisher at the Tower of London, and just a, just a couple blocks away, actually the place where St. Thomas More was beheaded. Um, I can't remember if uh, St. John Fisher was beheaded or if he was hung, drawn, and quartered. but um, honestly, they have a lot of love for Thomas More, even the Anglican church, even the people who are leading the tours there recognize both St John Fisher and St Thomas More as just as just incredible incredible saints and in that it was actually a very wrong thing to have happened to such amazing men which very is good. super
0: interesting yes it's interesting that they that they recognize it because it's undeniable also right but at least it's a tough thing to say right that we're anglicans we were started by a king and we this church was started by king henry the and what he did was wrong, you know, but we're still all Anglican. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And then you have St. Edmund Campion, and uh, his life is amazing. Um, I'll give you a summary here. Uh, it's a different life because he was born in 1540, and uh, he first studied in Oxford, and then he started to grow in prominence in the Anglican church under Queen Elizabeth. And some even said he might... Or he could have married the Queen, right? He because they say that he was she was impressed by a by a discourse that she that he gave in Oxford. However, uh Saint Edmund Campion started to realize that the truth was in the Catholic Church. So he eventually decided to go to France uh and reconcile with the Catholic Church. He joined the Society of Jesus and became a priest, and as a priest he was sent back to England to help support all those Catholics that we were being persecuted who didn't have confession, who didn't have the sacraments, who didn't have the Eucharist, and who didn't have just spiritual advice, right? So um, he was hunted down uh, because they wanted him, let's say, caught and used as an example against the Catholic faith. Uh, and he was able to escape many times, but he was finally betrayed by a false Catholic he was tried, condemned, and tortured brutally. And that's where he was tortured in the one famous one is in the, in the Tower of London, the little east, that little place that you said, it's like a little dungeon or four by four, and you can't sit, you can't stand, and you just get basically crippled, right? Uh, and then he was hanged, drawn, and quartered. Um, and this happened in Tyburn, that you visit Tyburn, in London in 1581. So what, what were your, let's say, recollections of what you visited regarding St. Edmund Campion?
1: Yeah, so actually for the whole year, St. Edmund Campion was the patron saint of my team my first year as a missionary, and I didn't really know anything about him going into it, but there was just this firm disposition, knowing that we were going to go on a pilgrimage to England, and just being blown away by his story of being an, uh, a very famous orator, and just had a, a very prominent voice when he was an Anglican priest, and then also a Catholic priest, but... Um, just the the rawness that very different than Thomas More, of actually, I like I am Catholic and when he became a, a Jesuit priest, he he went back and he went back because of the sacraments. He wanted people to receive the sacraments um, in England and didn't want the people to go without without uh, the Eucharist or and
0: confession. He, and he knew he was going to be persecuted. Right? He could have stayed in France. He could have stayed somewhere else in the world and be a good Jesuit priest. And he knew he was sent back to England and he knew there was going to be persecution and probably it was going to end up in martyrdom.
1: Yeah. So very, very different than Thomas More of like, yeah, I, I know I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna be killed. Um which is so different. But um yeah his his demeanor of I, I just want the church to I want the I want the truth for the Catholic church. I want people to know what the truth is and like how I've, how I've come to know it and to go back into a yeah really violent place for, for priests. It's, it's really inspiring. And just um, his, he wrote this, this brag called Campion's brag, which is basically like, you guys are spreading all these lies about who Edmund Campion is. Let me, let me tell you who he is because I'm him. And also like, if you catch me, you catch me fine. But, this this is truth, and people were, they were ignited. Um, the Catholic Church was ignited by this in a really really prominent way, and some of the Anglicans were like, "Oh my gosh, like this guy's incredible."
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, truly truly a gifted saint. Um, and one of the things he had to go through, like many other many other Catholic priests of that time, there's a, actually there's a book of a diary of a hunted priest who who is not a saint, but is another Jesuit priest, and he wrote, writes his diary or his journal, let's say. Anyway, so uh, St. Edmund Campion, as this priest and as many others, he had to go from place to place in hiding. And many times they would come to their houses when they were there and search the houses to find them and take them prisoners. So they would hide. And they would hide in the most incredible hiding places. And i never seen that, right? So you have. Mm-hmm. So what? what were those hiding places like? And yeah, what did you see?
1: Yeah, so Harvington Hall. If you're ever in Birmingham or Oxford, um, it's a it's a forty minute kind of drive, but it's worth it. And this place, I, I I do believe no one was ever found there because of how good the hiding places were. The architects that were, were Catholic, the people that lived there were Catholic, and the way that they designed the house was um, they they would have uh, when when people would come in to, to they would you know, walk off and count to make sure, okay, the dimensions on the inside are the same as on the outside. So, the the English that were trying to persecute. Yes. Right? The yes, persecutors. Sorry. Yeah, the persecutors would come in and, and be like, okay, are the priests here? No. Okay, but we're going to make sure that you're not hiding them. And so, they would put them in either the chimney or they would cut out under the stairs and have like a lever or you would push up on the side of a wall and the wall would swing back and up and they would climb under. And it, it looked... You would never find them. And we would take turns trying to guess where they were, our group. Um, Some of the college students would try to guess, like, oh, it's down in this corner. And it's like, actually, no, it's out to the right of this little windowsill. And, yeah, it's like you never would have expected it to be there or in the chimney or just some of these places were
0: inspiring. Incredible, (laughs) incredible. And you say that they would do them in such a way that even if they measured from the outside – they couldn't figure where the holes were. the 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 priest holes were there. Yeah, correct.
1: Wow, that's just that's how they were built into the exact measurements of of the home, and where they would ho- like hollow out or hollow out hollow out different parts of the home, where maybe the priest didn't have a very comfortable fit, but it was a, it was enough to be in there for a twenty maybe. 20 minutes to an hour, it was, it was fine. So
0: they were actually really tight. Yeah, some right? of them were really tight. Some of them were a little bit bigger, but most of them were really tight. Wow, so no claustrophobic priests could be there. Probably not. <laughs> Very good. Well, and then we have St. John Henry Newman. So he was born in 1801, uh, died in 1890, and he was Anglican and a leader of the Oxford, Oxford Movement. And around the time he was 44 years old, he converted to Catholicism, which meant a great sacrifice for him from a personal point of view, but also from a social point of view because his conversion was rejected by the Anglicans, of course, because they they, they didn't want him to convert and they you know considered him like a traitor, but also by the Catholics because they were suspicious a little bit, right? Uh, so eventually he became a priest. He became a cardinal and profound writer and uh, very good writings. And uh, he was canonized in October 13th, 2019 by Pope Francis. So, you visited Oxford. What did you see about St. John Henry Newman and what, what what impacted you the most?
1: Yeah, so we got to see uh, Trinity College where he studied in Oxford um, and also the oratory where he would pray pretty consistently and then the oratory that he founded in Birmingham um, that all had major, major dedications. And um, obviously, the oratories are really dedicated to St uh Philip Neri. Philip Neri. Yeah, but the one uh in Birmingham was where he studied and you could see his library and and when I say thousands of books, I mean thousands of books. Um if you ever have a chance just Google <laughs> Google uh St John Henry Newman's library, but it's he was such a smart person. Um such a su- such a gifted also a gifted orator, right uh, and writer, right? His yeah. writings are
0: impressive. Yeah,
1: very very uh, an extremely
0: uh profound philosopher and theologian. And he makes a very good point of the Catholic faith, the Catholic Church, being the true church of Christ. Mm-hmm. because the point here is that we live in a society in a culture actually, that tends to um, choose whatever fits me, right? What I, I want to be I want to follow Jesus. I want to be in the church. I want to be able to pray, but I want to do it my way, right? And uh, people are very comfortable with that idea of relativism of I can build the church the way I want it. But these people, these men that we just spoke about, who died brutally, some of them, or who suffered uh, socially in some ways, like St. John Henry Newman, they give a witness to the fact that the true Catholic church, the true church is the church of Christ, and we have to adapt to the church of Christ and not try to adapt the church to our liking, right? Uh, Because they had to suffer greatly In their lives, in order to be part of that church, in order to be saved, in order to receive the fullness of the truth and the fullness of the means of salvation that comes from the Catholic Church. And that is why St. John Newman converted, right? Because he wanted that. He wanted the fullness of the truth. And he saw that the Catholic Church was the church that had the continuity from Jesus Christ through the church fathers, and that was a key element the church fathers. And that fidelity to the church fathers was visible in the Catholic Church and nowhere else yeah he his attempt
1: to reform the Anglican Church before he became Catholic set him up for this it's not about my reformation, but it's actually about my um unification with truth, like taking myself and and being brought higher rather than bringing um you know something more to the Anglican church and that's where he, I think that's my favorite part of his story is being a student and having this Oxford movement is what, was what it was called. These, these different students who were like, we want to we change everything. We want to change because we're not satisfied with where we are. And I think what really speaks to St. John Henry Newman was his last time preaching as an Anglican uh, priest um, at St. Mary's in Oxford. His friends began to weep because they knew that he was, he was leaving and, and losing him. uh, Yeah. felt like they were, they were losing a part of themselves, just how united he was to Christ and how united he was to truth. And yeah. And then stepping into the, the Catholic church where he was kind of ostracized a little bit too. Cause they're like, we don't really know about this guy. He was an Anglican priest. Like that's Newman. He was well-known everywhere. That's why Newman societies are a thing in the U S and Newman centers now. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't allow his, his fear of like not being known or loved or cared for affect him to, to pursue truth and to pursue Jesus. Because even though he wasn't welcomed right away in the Catholic church, um, he still knew it to be right. And it took the Pope to say like, actually you're a Cardinal. You're gonna be a Cardinal because I trust you and I know who you are. And what everyone else is saying is not true. Like I know who you are. And that I think that is a really cool story about St. John Henry Newman.
0: Very good, very good. Well, uh, well, I just want to encourage everyone, like you're a missionary and you're telling people to be Catholic and to be holy as students in college. And that's the purpose of this uh, podcast as well, to encourage college students to remain faithful to the Catholic Church, to be faithful in the reception of the sacraments, and to remember always, always, we have to be Catholic to get to heaven, right? We can't make the church my own, self, my own thing, right? Adapt it to my own liking. I have to embrace the truth of Christ. I cannot expect Christ to say that the truth is like I want it to be, right? Uh, so, thank you, Brendan, for being with us today. Yeah,
1: thanks so much, Father Patrick. Yeah, it was such such a gift, and I do want to just encourage any college student who is on the fence of going on a pilgrimage just to go. Um, it takes you out of yourself and what you know as your story and puts you into a, the, the greater story that we are all a part of and brings to the now what used to be. Um, and yeah, if, if you have focus at your school, I encourage you to do a focus mission trip. You can go to focus.org backslash missions to go on a mission trip or a pilgrimage. They have hundreds of them. But yeah, just step out of yourself and what you know and put yourself into a greater understanding of, of your story.
0: Right, and and it's not the same to say, yeah, uh, St. Edwin Campion was hanged, drawn, and quartered in England, than to go there and see the place where he was hanged, the place where he was drawn and quartered, and, you know, see the place, the actual la- piece of land where his body la- laid, you know, so it's incredible, It's incredible. So, Again, thank you very much for for being with us today. Thank you to everyone who is listening for spending your time with us. Please do support this podcast with your prayers and especially by sharing these episodes with your friends. If you can, please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, rate us both in Apple and in Spotify. And if you have any questions or or comments on this or any other episode, shoot me an email at info at forcollegecatholics.org because I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. May God bless you. And we will see you next time.